Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. This is the 8th day of December in the year of our Lord, 2023. I will be talking today about madness, the madness occurring in America and around the world that I never thought I would live to see, the continuation and funding of pointless wars by the United States around the world, along with continuing and intensifying attacks on Jews right here in America and around the Western world as well. They're just two of the many examples of the madness. Before I start with this madness report, I remind you that yesterday, December 7th, was the 82nd anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor, or the Day of Infamy, as FDR put it today is the beginning of Hanukkah for our Jewish friends as they suffer the brunt of much of the madness that I will be talking to you about today. Tomorrow, December 9th, is my dear wife's birthday. So happy birthday, Joan. In a couple of weeks, we will celebrate our 46th anniversary. That is no small achievement in this world of madness. War is my subject and my beat today. And the war in Gaza seems to have taken the war in Ukraine off the front pages at least for a while, but that doesn't mean the U.S. has stopped fighting Russia. The German corporation Rheinmetall has been given a large contract by some unnamed NATO country that has been a large financial supporter of the United States war effort. Well, folks, I scratch my head and I wonder which country that could possibly be. Who could afford to give a German company 142 million euros to build 155 millimeter howitzer shells for Ukraine. How many rounds of 155 shells? Tens of thousands is all they will say. The shells from Rheinmetall are not expected to be ready until 2025, so a long war perhaps. There is an existing Rheinmetall order from October of 2023 of 150,000 rounds of 155, which will be delivered sooner. Rheinmetall is a historic German company that supplied Kaiser Wilhelm with ammunition in World War I, and it supplied ammunition, tracked vehicles, and other armored vehicles to Hitler in World War II. That's a lot of madness, I know, but stay with me because it gets worse. The U.S. has made has more for the arms industry than just German corporations because it has given a $522 million contract to U.S. arms companies to produce more 155 shells. Most of the money will go to Northrop Grumman and Global Military Products, Inc., but there is enough money to spread around among various ammunition plants around the country. The estimate is about 50,000 rounds per month, Next year, accelerating to 85,000 per month by 2028. Will we really need 85,000 rounds of 155 howitzer shells per month in 2028? Well, I guess so, folks, and I suppose we are expected to accept it all as just part of the new madness in which we live. Not to put too fine a point on it, but that is approximately 1,800,000 rounds of 155 howitzer shells before the big numbers act start to kick in in 2028, not counting Rheinmetall's contributions to the efforts, of course. But both sides in Ukraine continue to respond to tactical changes dictated by new weapons and new tactics supplied to Ukrainian forces by the U.S. In other words, 
The supplies make the conflict worse because they must and will be countered. For example, reports by the ISW, or the Institute for the Study of War, indicate that the Ukrainian air defense system, especially along the border with Russia, is becoming more and more effective against Russian aircraft to counter that. The Russians have gone to more frequent use of long-range glide bombs, cruise missiles, as well as swarms of what are being called suicide or kamikaze drones. My point is that both sides seem to be settling in for a long war. Putin just ordered that the Russian military be increased in size and personnel by 170,000 in its efforts to, quote, weaken Russia. As Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin put it, Russia has been made stronger. This madness is great news for some arms makers here and around the world. But bad news for humanity in general. I just read a report that said we, the American people, could relax now. Just relax because most of the funding going around the world to feed the mechanisms of death would be staying right here in America. I guess that means if you can't beat them, join them, folks. At least if you are an investor, defense stocks must be one of the surest, safest, and most profitable investments in this world today. Ukraine is only one center of profit for the arms industry right now. It's not even the most important. The war in Gaza has resumed with a vengeance after a four-day pause to exchange hostages. As Paul Craig Roberts points out, Washington, not Israel, is the main combatant in the war against Gaza. The Wall Street Journal in a December 1st article reported that the U.S. has sent Israel 15,000 bombs and 57,000 artillery shells since the Hamas attacks of October 7th or about two months ago. The bombs delivered include 100 of the 2,000-pound bunker buster bombs. U.S. diplomats like Secretary of State Anthony Blinken struggle with the fact that arms paid for with tax money or massive debt heaped on our children are killing large numbers of civilians, especially women and children, in Gaza. Blinken reportedly urged Prime Minister Netanyahu to at least attempt to avoid killing, quote, too many women and children. How many are too many, folks? How many women and children are too many. How many should the U.S. taxpayers be willing to kill? We as Americans are up to this in our eyeballs. We're at, we as free people living in a, quote, democracy are responsible for what our leaders do. So thousands of civilians, 100,000 buildings, most of them homes, have been destroyed. 1.7 million people out of the 2.3 million population in Gaza displaced without homes at all. All or virtually all of Gaza's medical facilities have been destroyed. Everyone, or almost everyone, believes they have the answer, the right answer, the truth. I suppose that if they didn't believe their opinion was the truth, at least some of them, a few of them anyway, would change their opinion. They all have the best of intentions, always, they tell us. We know for absolute certain that the wars in Ukraine and Gaza which is now spreading all over the Mideast region, especially Syria and Lebanon, could not continue to be fought without the contributions of the American people. Some diplomatic solution would have to be found, not for our contributions to the international death machines. The good intention of all those responsible could be summed up in a quote usually attributed to T.S. Eliot. Quote, 
Most of the evil in this world is done by people with good intentions, end quote. A decent and honorable person might disapprove of both sides in this cause of war, but if we do so, that decent and honorable person might be called an anti-Semite or possibly a supporter of genocide, according to the Israeli newspaper Israel Today, or said in the Hebrew Israel Hayom. About 77 IDF or Israeli Defense Forces troops have been killed in the war so far. Civilian deaths have been 10 to 1 Gazans over Israelis. Whatever the subject, whether it is a terrorist attack into Israel or mass murder in Gaza, there are elites to tell us what to think about it all. Whatever the subject, the elites have the final truth. And we, the ignorant masses, are expected to trust them to tell us what to think, how to act on all those thoughts. Vaccines, climate change, electricity instead of coal, windmills instead of gas stations, race relations, sex relations, marriage, or as we call it now, partnership, politics, or whatever. They know it all. And the mass media delivers their words to us and backs the words up. There's no need for debate, no need for civil discussion. Try that. And you'll be canceled, probably lose your job as well because wrong think cannot be permitted in this world of madness today. The elite always have the best of intentions, as I said. With such intentions, they would prefer that we never have a wrong thought or even come into contact with a wrong thought. That explains the constant use of slurs like anti-Semite, racist. No thought is required because who would want to argue with or debate a Nazi? Moses' tablet told us the people, told the people, quote, thou shalt not kill, end quote, but today. Even as, as Christians, we are to add the words, unless you have a good reason and unless your thoughts are pure and approved by the New York Times, the elites constantly lie to us. We constantly follow their instructions, though many of us may believe their words are simply scams. They tell us that the climate requires us to come to grips with the fact that future life on this earth will be far more bleak for us than before they discovered that the climate is changing. Their lives will be fine, of course, but ours must change, and for the worse. Back to Gaza for a minute, which seems to have put the changing climate on hold for at least a little while. The U.S. diplomats face a dilemma because they are all members of the Democrat Party appointed and kept in position by various Democrat presidents and Democrat senators who suddenly find themselves under fire from the radical anti-Jew members of their party. The surge in arms and other munitions traveling from the American people to Israel has them very concerned because they have suddenly decided that Jews are white and therefore oppressors and they hate them. The war in Gaza, it seems, has exposed the inner Nazi lurking in Democrat hearts, and it's a very ugly exposition indeed. See, folks, Hitler propagandized his minions to hate Jews because they were not white, not Arab. But today, the Democrat masses in Congress, especially in our finest universities, hate them because they are white. Therefore, they are oppressors. This is a very sobering mood taking hold across the elite universities here in America and abroad as well, especially the universities, but it is also becoming mainstream in our inner cities among minority populations. A sobering, creepy mood is caused by the idea that it is now socially acceptable 
to hate Jews and want to kill them. Never in America. Never in America can this happen, but here it is right before us. The incredible thing is that as I have predicted for many decades, it's coming from the extreme left, not the extreme right. Writer Victor Davis Hanson puts it like this, quote, Hundreds of such incidents are now occurring on a daily basis as the country is leaving its Weimar phase and heading at warp speed into normalizing Jew hatred and worse. Instructors singled out Jewish students in classes at UC Davis and Stanford, pro-Hamas students at both, ripped down posters, swarmed public buildings, disrupted traffic. A pro-Israeli demonstrator in Los Angeles was hit on the head and killed by a pro-Palestinian university president. I'm sorry, university professor at MIT. Jewish students were warned to keep away from particular areas of the campus deemed dangerous for them, end quote. In my view, the MIT example is the worst one because the most elite university is where the smartest kids in America and many around the world attend. Only the best of the high-tech savvy kids go there. So to be told, by the way, you pay the same tuition, but some of the campus is off limits to you because you are Jewish. The only place to challenge that situation is probably in the courts, which I think would be sympathetic. Hopefully they would be sympathetic to the argument. I read a report that said that the most qualified Jewish students are now looking away from the Ivy League for obvious reasons. The Biden administration, speaking through its press secretary, Kyrene Jean Pierre, said that it has no credible threats to Jews, and therefore the real problem is Islamophobia. I hope all those Jewish voters, Jewish contributors to political campaigns, remember that. As I explained earlier, it would be great to live in a free society where one could look at this struggle between Israel and Gaza dispassionately and conclude that it's a good one for America to stay a long way from. Washington will not do that because it never met an international conflict it could not make worse. Finally, folks, I quote an observer of the struggle in Gaza whose name I can't remember, quote, the tears of a Palestinian mother for her dead child are no less bitter than the tears of an Israeli mother for her dead child, end quote. How did we achieve this level of madness we're seeing today? We got here because we've forgotten God. We've forgotten God. We didn't just forget him. We deliberately erased him from our consciousness and therefore we have no moral compass left. We've lost our way, folks. At least that's the way I see it. Until next time, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.